I was really worried that if I changed who I was, I wouldn't be as happy as work or I wouldn't succeed as well. And that's just not true. I know you read a lot of Herminia Ibarra, but she's written a book on identity, hasn't she? And she talks about the fact that there are lots of possible selves. There isn't one true self that we're all striving for. And as soon as I started embracing that change and the fact that it was perfectly permissible for my children to change me, unsurprisingly, I just became a lot more happier after accepting that. Welcome to the Leaders with Babies podcast. I'm Verena Hefti. I am the CEO and founder of the social enterprise Leaders Plus. With this podcast and our award-winning fellowship, I want to give you access to inspiration and practical support so you can continue to progress your career whilst enjoying your young children. If you want to, you can take the first step to join our network of like-minded, ambitious parents who love their children from all sectors by going to leadersplus.org.uk forward slash fellowship. You can download the application form from there and applications close on 15th October. You will get a senior leader mentor, access to thought leadership about what works for parents and careers and space to think in a structured environment. There are also some part funded places available. If you have any questions, then you can, of course, schedule a call via our website or you can join our Q&A session on 24th September, where you can ask fellows from previous years about how to get the most out of the experience. Today is kind of coming back full circle again to a conversation which I've had with our fellows for a while. And in fact, it's all about identity. It's actually partly why I founded Leaders Plus, because I myself suddenly, you know, I was always this ambitious career woman. And then suddenly people were really surprised that I wanted to have a child and got pregnant. And yeah, so it's all about squaring that identity of being passionate about your work with the identity of being a mom or a dad and combining the two. So I thought long and hard about who to interview for this. And I thought, why don't I bring together three fellows who've actually are in the experience right now and who share with us how they are tackling the guilt, the changes that are going on, how you change when you become a parent and when you do take on that additional responsibility. And yeah, so we've got Lisa, Jackie and Toria who are sharing their experiences, all very different, but I think very, very enlightening and thought provoking. Have we recorded this via Zoom to make sure that we can get a good quality well we can see each other but the audio quality is a little bit less good than on our usual podcast thank you in in advance for bearing with us there introduce yourself who you are who's in your family what you do for work and how your identity has changed over the course of becoming a parent from being a child-free person before and we'll start with you lisa okay thank you i'm lisa ford I work as a strategic enablement director in talent acquisition and really what that means is that I lead initiatives that enable our business to attract, assess and select the best talent for our business and I work for a global company called Nielsen which is a global measurement and data analytics company. So I have one son called Theo, he's coming up to 22 or so months now and in terms of my identity a story to tell you is that on my last day before going on maternity leave, I cried because I couldn't fathom stepping away from work because it was the soul of me. And I, I didn't understand how I'd be able to be both a mother and a worker. But what I've realized over time is that it really does 
work itself out in the end. Very true. Jackie? Hi, I'm Jackie Mulryan. I'm a partner at the law firm Arnold and Porter. I focus on life sciences work, so I advise pharmaceutical and medical device companies of how they get and keep their product on the market. I've got two sons, one who's five, just thankfully, back in year one, and one who's six months, who is downstairs, and I hope you won't be able to hear during the course of this podcast. <laughs> and for me, actually, my identity story is pretty similar. I've been at Arnold Porter for 15 years now. And some people joke that if you cut me in half, it would stay under Porter through the middle of me. I'm part of the furniture. And when I went on maternity leave, I lost who I was because I wasn't at work anymore. And I really struggled with who I was as a mum because I didn't think I was very good at that. And then when I came back to work, I worked doubly hard to show that I hadn't changed. And I don't think that was a good idea. And I'm sure we'll get into that later, but I've been much better this time around at just embracing the craziness that the boys bring to my life and the changes that being a mum has made. And it's made me both happier at home and at work. Thank you very much. Toria? Uh, hi, I'm Toria Reid. I'm an a consultant up in Edinburgh in Scotland. Um, I work mostly in the adult emergency department in a big trauma centre. And I also do a day a week in the paediatric emergency department in Edinburgh. I always think my job is pretty self-explanatory, but I guess I guess that's not necessarily true. I suppose I'm responsible for kind of running the department, answering questions about patient care and like helping flow of patient people who come present to emergency and deciding whether they come into hospital or whether they get discharged and go home. In my family, I live with my partner and my two children. So I've got a four-year-old daughter called Iona and it'll be 17-month-old son called Aaron who are both completely different children, which is great fun and keeps my toes. I think that the identity question is really, is actually quite difficult, I suppose, thinking back to what my identity was before I had children. And I've kind of been asking my family while, while I've been away this week about what they, they think about this as well. It's easy to think about kind of oh, stuff I liked to do before I had kids and stuff that I maybe can't do so much of now. But, but I think, I suppose, you just you kind of evolve. It's not that one was better or, or the other. I think having children has kind of only sort of improved things at work and made things easier. I think my kind of empathy and compassion and so patient care has become better from having kids and probably my confidence as well at work has, has improved. Okay, so both you, Jackie, and, and you, Lisa, you spoke about losing something or fearing of losing. Can you share a bit more about that? What exactly was the loss that you experienced either before or during maternity leave? So I'll go first. I think that I was so, I had a lot of people who were surprised firstly that I was going to have a child because I was so career driven as if you can't comprehend having both. So I think that's something that does translate to you and then it's what you feel. How do I work and be a good mother? And it's it's something that I was thinking I'd have to choose between when the reality is that you don't. So that was was something that really stuck with me. Just knowing that you can be both. For me, I think it was the difficulty I found being a mum, actually. I don't think I prepared very well for being a parent. I just think that as a lawyer, I can get things done. And my son was added to my list and we were going to go to baby classes and all the appointments on time. And of course, he did nothing I asked him at all. (laughs) I had no control over him. And so I lost that control and order and I think I quite like the control in my work and the fact that 
I know what's going to happen. And if I ask someone to do something, they generally do it. And I just didn't have any of that. And I didn't know how to respond to that. I didn't know how to parent my son, I think. And I couldn't quite reconcile the person who I thought I was with the fact that I was so bad at being a parent. And so when I went back to work, I was determined to show I was the same person. So I, I always say that I lost myself. But in a way, I didn't. I was determined to show that I was exactly the same person and that having a son hadn't affected me at all, which, of course, is nonsense. I hope you don't mind me adding as well that there's there's also a fear of missing out. So when you go on maternity leave, I was actually working on a big project and took it right to the wire. I think I finished just a few days before my due date. And I was so scared that I was going to be walking away from something that I, again, had been in control of and that people would be, you know, having a party without me effectively because you were used to being in the party. And I think that's something that people really struggle with is walking away from their every day to do something completely different that they're walking into an unexpected. I completely agree with that. And I was trying to get promoted at the time as well. And so I was paranoid that if I took any time off, let alone six months to a year, I wouldn't be able to get promoted or that it would take longer to get promoted. It's all fear, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So on the topic of fear, did these fears materialize in any shape or form? Or did someone, I mean, I presume there were some parties, Lisa, that you couldn't attend. But other than that, were there some fears that materialized and which ones did, which one didn't? I think I was really surprised actually I did keep in touch with my employer I'm really lucky I, I have a very good working relationship with my with my boss and a good relationship with my boss and she kept me posted with how things were going I did feel like I was missing out a little because I'd missed out on doing some launches we were building some new recruitment centers in Mexico and Malaysia and I didn't manage to go there but I would have if I wasn't on maternity so I was you know upset that I hadn't ticked those visits off my list but do you know, maternity leave took me by surprise. I really enjoyed it. I was very lucky that things did fall into place for me. I, I know that, don't get me wrong, those first few months of not, non-sleep were not fun, but it did take me by surprise, probably because my expectation was far from it. I was expecting that it was going to be a big struggle and that I would really, really miss work. But actually, I didn't. And returning to work was far better than I thought it would be. And I was actually provided with a new opportunity when I returned. So actually, I think... It, that is my reassurance to a lot of people now is it does work out in the end we're all very scared but you need to have faith in yourself and the system for me the fear was internal I think it wasn't that people expected me to work in the same way or to take a step back at all it was all pressure I was putting on myself both to show that I was just as committed at work and that then that nothing had changed And actually, I didn't enjoy maternity leave at all. I found it really difficult, really lonely, and I couldn't wait to get back to work. I remember we've spoken about this a lot, haven't we, Jackie? Yeah. And I'm happy to say I had a very different experience this time around, and I just was much more relaxed about it, and I've enjoyed it a lot more and feel that it's whizzed by, despite coronavirus, and that I've gone back to work far too quickly. So it's a really different experience, and I'm still getting to the bottom, I think, of why... But it's certainly that for me, it was the internal pressure I put on myself the first time round, rather than the external pressures and any of those fears actually materialising. In fact, none of them did. And I was promoted on the same timeline as if I hadn't been away. It was me that was causing the difficulties. I think that's what we all do, isn't it? it it's so much of the challenges are in our head. Not to say that there aren't real challenges, that there isn't discrimination, but it's about who you see yourself as. and 
what that makes you do and what that makes you think and feel. And I think your point, Toria, that actually you do get some really valuable skills. And it sounds like for you, if you work in pediatrics a and I presume you can empathize much more with parents who come in completely devastated because a child has an issue that maybe you don't think is that devastating. Definitely yeah. a lot easier at work. Compare, it to their, compare their child to my child. I think there's a lot about that. I think Lisa and Jackie at work, before you had kids, you had a really strong identity and probably really clear kind of career vision and exactly where you when you were probably nervous about taking time out in case it affected that but I think for me I probably didn't have so much of a vision and therefore I was more head in the stand and so going off maternity leave I was more thinking oh great I get like nine months off work this will be fun rather than what are my career prospects and actually I did miss out on a kind of easy route into, well, what I potentially foresee as an easy route into a consultant job when I was off maternity to leave, a job that I didn't even know was, was coming up. And as a result, ended up prolonging my training and, and things to wait for another job to come up when I was away. So maybe if I'd had more of a vision and less of a head in the sand approach and was more nervous about maternity leave, then it would have done me better. So, But you ended up having a really positive experience, which is probably... Would have been a nice thing for you, yeah. But Geraldine Strasti, who spoke on one of the previous podcasts, she always says that we are all going to work to 70, so one year here or there really doesn't matter. And that stuck with me so much. I have to say, I, I agree with that, Verena. I think in those early days, even and potentially when you're pregnant as well, everything feels very intense and like it's for it's going to be drawn out forever. But everything is a phase. I always remember I went into a gym class in those early days and I looked so worn out and a woman came up to me, who was also a mother of two, and she said, Lisa, everything is a phase. Just remember that because... And, and I, it stuck with me because I now look at it. I think about those, that time when I was heavily pregnant and I was trying to finish work. I think about maternity leave. I think about when I returned and how hard that was. That was my biggest challenge, returning to work. But it's all a phase. So we need mm-hmm. to learn to think, actually, it's a, it's a moment in time. Right now, it's nine months seems like a long time. But unfortunately, I think it does put women off taking the time off. And it's scared, you know, we, we fear the worst that it will inhibit us. I think that's so true because there's so much stuff we want to get done right now and you you feel like it can't wait, but actually it it totally can. I got told quite a lot, oh, your priorities will change. Did you get that message while you were pregnant? Yeah, and I I struggled with hearing that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about it now? It's true, unfortunately. (laughs) It It is true, your priorities do change, but that doesn't mean that you still can't be passionate about what you do at work as well. It's just a fine balance. I don't think my priorities changed. I was told it a lot. I think my priorities were added to. I didn't necessarily lose my enjoyment of work and work's still very important to me. I'm still ambitious. That hasn't changed, but I just have extra priorities of my family. I'm trying to put in place more boundaries and get a bit more perspective so that my identity isn't entirely work which it was before, I was probably overliving the work aspect of my life. So for me, it's not that things have changed, it's that I've got more things in the mix now. Mm, That is true. And I do think the fact that you have more varied priorities, I do think it can make you a better leader. Now, of course, there are many people who are not parents who are amazing leaders. But if you think about it, leadership is all about being uh, focused on a long-term game, not losing yourself in the detail when it's not necessary and when you do have to rush out at three o'clock 
because you need to pick up your child from school, then all these things become, it's much, much easier to cut the things that aren't important off your list, I find, or at least for me, because I was definitely the sort of person that direct reports would say, oh, she's a little bit on the micromanagement side. And I'm, I don't think I am anymore now. If my employees are listening, then obviously give me feedback accordingly. <laughs> but I think I've changed a little bit in that regard. Do you find that people treat you any different at, at work now you're mothers? And if yes, how do you deal with that? Or do you find that people treat you the same? I don't think I'm treated any different, actually. Maybe I should be, I don't know. But I'm treated exactly the same. I'm expected to do the same work. No one really cares when I do it, as long as the outcome is the same. And I haven't really noticed a difference in that respect. Same for me. If anything, I feel like people respect me more because of the juggling act, especially over lockdown, having a toddler at home and that wasn't in nursery. And also, again, being fortunate to work for a progressive employer that allows us to all work flexibly before lockdown anyway so if anything I feel like it's been better. Yeah similar for me I think definitely don't think I'm treated worse at work and I think probably it's kind of easier like I work with so many people who are young parents that actually it's almost easier to make connections and things with other people because you've got something immediately in common with them so actually probably get treated better in general by my colleagues. Brilliant. That's uh, really lovely to hear. Fantastic. You mentioned the lockdown, Lisa. How it'd be really good. I'm sure the parents listening also had to deal with young kids during lockdown. What have you learned about balancing or juggling or combining both your work identity and your parent identity? Yeah, so I have to admit at the start of lockdown, I fell into a trap where I thought I'm going to have to be asked to be furloughed of course as a mother I'm going to have to take on the responsibility here but my husband who is a fantastic partner reassured me that that shouldn't and wouldn't be the case and he took the burden of I shouldn't it's not a burden he took the childcare responsibility he runs his own business and he couldn't work because he's got a plumbing company for a few weeks and what I learned was just to try and create boundaries and to to be honest with my employer about what I was dealing with, to talk about how I planned to structure my work. And that's probably me even trying to explain myself. You, you shouldn't have to say, you know, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, but just to make sure that you have a plan if you're a control freak like me, so that you know how you're going to get things done. And in times, I've always found that in times of pressure, such as, and it did feel like pressure at the time because it was a shift, right? A complete change of working, having your child there too. I take one day at a time. So rather than feel like this monster of three months is ahead of us to break it down, say, right, I'm going to take this week and then we'll go for next week because otherwise it just becomes too much. How about you, Jackie and Toria? I was on maternity leave through lockdown. So I've had a bit of a different experience that probably doesn't really fit with working parents. I was actually, I feel very lucky actually I was on maternity leave despite the fact it's a very odd time to be on maternity leave and my son has had not a typical maternity leave experience either not that he realizes if I was working at this time I honestly don't know how I would have done it I was homeschooling my eldest which was an absolute nightmare <laughs> and we had a newborn baby as well and my husband didn't feel that he got enough work done and I was at home not working I honestly don't know how he would have done it if, if I was working at this time I can imagine and you Toria obviously worked fully at the hospital did you have to lean in more into the work identity at that time 
I feel incredibly guilty when we have these conversations because I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for people like Lisa who's had to juggle childcare and working from home. And we both, my partner and I, are work for the NHS, so we're both key workers. So we actually had three days of nursery a week as we normally do and for both of our kids. So we had a really easy time. I mean, I think at the beginning, things were really busy having to try and develop new protocols and everything and, and arrange for what was going to happen when the, the big surge of coronavirus cases came into the hospital. So that that was a very busy time. And I felt it was difficult to kind of, because I felt guilty not having enough time to give to work to help develop all those things because I had the kids at home the other four days of the week. But in general, I've I felt like absolutely humbled by all the work that people have had to do juggling childcare and, and working at home. Mm. Absolutely. And obviously your work is very impressive. That I think we can all agree on that. I want to pick up on actually a conversation we had offline. I think it might have been with you, Lisa, about the choices people have made during coronavirus. We chatted about the fact that so many women felt that they had no option than going on furlough or maybe even handing their notice because it was just too much. And understandably, that was the reasonable choice for them to do to, in order to look after their mental health and to look after their families. And obviously, there's a lot that employers can do and should do, especially if similar things happen again this winter. What would you tell someone who is in the moments of despair and thinks about handing in her notice because it's just all too much with homeschooling whilst still trying to hold down your job? I would always say, and I think I said this to you actually, Verena, on the call, like I want to, and I think it also stands for, for women, it's the same for women that return from maternity leave that have, you know, that fear of returning because it's another change. I just want to say stick at it because again, it's a phase and it will all end and that we should speak to one another, communicate, open up and share our fears before giving up because I think too many times we all feel frustrated and want to quit but we haven't actually allowed ourselves to communicate with each other to talk through it that's the biggest advice that I think I can give that's yeah great definitely I'd say also if it's people thinking about going for furlough or going for quitting their job I would definitely say people shouldn't feel guilty about taking furlough if they're they're having that that thought about having to balance childcare and homeschooling with work. I don't think people should feel guilty at all. And I could, I, I think if I was in that position, then I would definitely go for that. But then definitely it's a good idea to go for furlough rather than because it, as you say, it is just a phase and it will be over. And then hopefully then you've still got your job to go back to if that's what you want to do, but not to feel guilty about anything. Mm, and to acknowledge that it is an exceptional situation and it is absolutely fine to just do what's right for you and your family like Lisa says that all important having the conversation with your support network and your employer so many I think we sometimes assume that people know what we're thinking but that's not often the case we we're all living in these times together but in very different circumstances so we shouldn't assume that someone thinks that I may be thinking about wanting to be furloughed or that I'm throwing myself into work which is actually what ended up happening to me because the gyms were shut <laughs> but you know, I had no no other boundary that I could go and go to but we do need to communicate more about how we're feeling yeah I suppose it's about having kind of honest open conversations with your employer because 
just because you're the woman woman doesn't mean that it should be you that's furloughed because you've got a family it may well be that your husband can take up the slack at home and so yeah it's about having open honest conversations early on I think very true a slightly different topic I read in Utopia for Realists which is a brilliant book by Rutger Bergman that in the 1970s women housewives did less one-to-one work with their children than we do today as working parents, working mothers. And what you were talking about there just made me think of guilt and how many of us are feeling guilty, whether or not to take choices in a pandemic that are entirely reasonable and necessary to keep us all going and alive, or just a day-to-day, the choices that we make about whether we allow ourselves to put our kids in front of the TV just to have half an hour to be in peace and quiet. And I wanted to ask you, how do you deal with the guilt? Do you experience guilt? How do you deal with it? And how do you square the expectations from your mum identity versus the expectations from your job and leader identity? I have a lot of guilt about everything. I assume I'm doing not enough work and not enough parenting and not enough quality of either. And I guess what I try to do to square the two expectations, a couple of things, which I'm not very good at, but I try to do. So the first one is pause. I try and remind myself daily. And also I've built some time into my calendar each week to just stop and think about either work strategy or home or just to remind myself that I don't have to be the first person that responds to something. I don't have to be the perfect parent at any one time and just to try and give myself some space rather than rushing around to the next thing and feeling I'm just failing at everything. So I try and do that regularly and also I've built some time into my calendar to do that. And then the second one is be present, whether I'm at work or at home, try and be properly committed to both, to whatever it is that I'm doing rather than trying to do them both at the same time. I always used to think I was really good at multitasking and I'm not really sure that I am, to be honest. I think I kind of need a bit of quiet to do it properly. You are a neurotic now. I can, I presume you can hear when your kids scream downstairs and are really unhappy. Do you, did you just get used to it or how do you deal with that? My husband is currently on leave until Christmas. He has now charge of my baby And I trust him to do that. He is a lot of the time a lot more patient than I am. He's a lot more fun than I am. Yes, if I'd gone downstairs this afternoon, I probably could have settled Ollie a lot quicker because I knew that he wanted milk rather than the bottle that dad was giving him. But I just have to leave David to it because if I didn't, it was not fair on Ollie, the, the baby, because he wouldn't get, he'd get really confused. And it's not fair on David because he's perfectly able to look after Ollie. I don't need to be there. And yes, I did kind of go stand up and go to the door quite a few times. And I did text him to say, that, do you want me to come down? But I just have to try and let them do it. He's a fantastic dad and I, I don't need to be there to pick up the pieces. Not that, sorry, not that they're pieces. I mean, I don't need to be there to, to swoop in if I hear crying. And it sounds like, actually, that's a learning experience to an extent, isn't it? Yeah, he's in many ways a much better parent than I am. So it's not a big learning. I just, I'm missing my, the cuddles with my baby, I just think. And actually, Jackie, that reminds me of when I was during lockdown as well. I did take that as well, that 
I never tried to be on a call and look after my child, for example. I realized you can only do one of those things. Don't ever try and do both because it just doesn't it doesn't work. That's something else that I took from that situation. It just reminded me. Well, first of all, I was going to say, I'm sure you're just as good a parent as your husband is, Jackie, and just as fun and bring lots of excellent other qualities to the... I bring uh, other qualities, but it's not the fun. (laughs) I'm sure that's not true. Anyway, yeah, no, I totally... Sorry for jumping in there, Lisa. The most important thing I've learned is to be either be with the kids or be at work. So the days when I've got my kids on a Monday always, and the Mondays that I've tried to do a little bit of work, have a phone call meeting or like answer my emails or whatever. The days that my kids become most grumpy or there ends up being paint all over the carpet. Is there anything else any of you want to talk about or tell our listeners about identity that we haven't mentioned yet? In terms of dealing with guilt as well, I do try, I think it's important firstly to take time and look back at what you've achieved. It might be small wins, it might be big wins. Because we're so busy, to Jackie's point, like running a million miles an hour, that we don't take a look back and think, as a parent, I've achieved this and at work, I've achieved this. I was so worried about going back to work when my son was nine months old. And actually, him going back to nursery at that age or starting nursery at that age meant that he was thriving when lockdown came and he was able to settle back in a lot sooner when the the nurseries reopened again. So actually, I was relieved that I did in the end go back in September. So again, it shows it was a fear that I overcame and it was all fine in the end. And the other thing is that I don't engage in conversations with people that I know share very different views to me about women at work. So when I was on maternity, I do strongly remember a conversation I had with a family member who told me that I wouldn't want to go back to work. And of course, I wouldn't go back to work because I would, I just, why would I want to leave my child? And I just, I turned away from that conversation. So I, and I find great support in other women that have the same struggles is the wrong word but you know challenges and that's why the fellowship has been fantastic for me because between us in our cohort we had immediate connection because we were all experiencing the same things so I think having those connections makes all the difference and feeling like you can open up to people that are experiencing the same challenges and just being able to acknowledge your guilt and move on is something else that I would say so Sometimes I feel guilty and then I think this is guilt, but actually everything is fine. Block it out, move on. As much as I'm sure blocking out isn't, isn't probably always the, the right answer, but I, I just know that guilt doesn't really serve us a great purpose. I would just add to that. I completely agree about talking to people and reading books, just realizing that what you're feeling is quite normal and it's normal to feel conflicted and to not have it all worked out. And yeah, I completely echo that, that the the fellowship's been great for that, to be able to speak to a group of parents who are going through similar things. We all think we're unique in what we're experiencing, but we're really not. And then the second thing I'd say was embrace the change, I think. I was really worried that if I changed who I was, I wouldn't be as happy as work or I wouldn't succeed as well. And that's just not true. I know you read a lot of Herminia Ibarra, but she's written a book on identity, hasn't she? And she talks about the fact that there are lots of possible selves. There isn't one true self that we're all striving for. And as soon as I started embracing that change and the fact that it was perfectly permissible for my children to change me, unsurprisingly, I just became a lot more happier after accepting that. 
that's really great. Both of those things are really, yeah, totally agree with it. It's both really useful. And obviously the fellowship has been an amazing experience. And, and we've, we've actually never met face-to-face, any of us. We are, although we're in completely different careers, we've never met face-to-face. We are so similar and it's so like great to meet a bunch of like-minded people that are going through the same sort of things at the same times and learned so much from, from everyone. It's been really valuable. The only other thing I was going to add about identity for me is is the kind of having you've got the kind of your career identity and you've got your family identity but I think it's really useful to have something else as well that's just for you so for me I'm like really passionate about running I do a lot of running and that's like a massive part of my identity and I think it's really great to have something that is going to kind of outlive your kids being at home and outlive the kind of your current job that sort of central to you and I think that for me that is um, really important for my well-being and mental health <laughs> I actually had that down as well because I had to force yourself to do one thing that you used to love that you are really passionate about I'm the same about going to the gym and yoga and throughout my maternity leave every Friday morning I'd go and do my Pilates or yoga class and I'd give my baby to my mother-in-law and actually that gave me a really good opportunity to learn to walk away from him and still do something that I was passionate about and I would say to any woman that was taking a break from work or is on maternity leave to do that because it, it means that you've still got a sense of self something that you're passionate about. All incredibly wise words so if someone is listening to this and maybe has just returned back to a almost normal working arrangement with the kids being in school or in nursery but who is struggling with those identity topics what would you say is one thing that they could do this week to help them feel better about combining their ambitious career identity with the loving parent identity so for me it's not focusing on what you should be doing I was very fixated on, uh, you know, I, I should be doing this uh, and, and whether that is I should be downstairs or I should be answering this email. Try not to focus so much on should and just accept where you are and what you're doing and that you're doing the best that you can. And most of the time that it that's the right thing to be doing anyway. I would remind everyone that this is a phase and to have faith. Sometimes just let go and keep working at it because it does work out in the end. I mean, I know it sounds cheesy, but it really does. We have so much fear. And then actually we look back and say, actually, that was okay. I I gave far too much energy to to worrying about it. Very true. Toria, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would say be honest with yourself. Don't try and be who you're not. Identify your strengths and and play to them. And don't feel like you've got to be 100% amazing at absolutely everything don't feel guilty. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. That's really, really insightful advice. And you've all been very honest about your own struggles and challenges. And and that's very generous of you. And I'm sure the listeners will appreciate that. So big, big thank you. And also, I loved the excuse of having a chance to chat to you properly again after the summer break. Thank you for listening today. I hope this was useful. I really enjoyed the conversation myself. So I hope the same was true for you. If you do want to connect with the fellows who spoke, you can find all of them on LinkedIn. We've just recently done a session on updating their LinkedIn profiles. So I'm sure all of their profiles are beautiful and you'll you'll find them easily. If you are looking to join a network of fellows, we are just in the process of recruiting for 
the autumn cohort. Deadline is 15th October and find out more by heading to leadersplus.org.uk forward slash fellowship. If this podcast has made you think in any way or has been useful, then it would be super if you could take a moment to share it with five of your friends, leave a review and most importantly, press the subscribe button. And like with any podcast, five-star reviews really help with the visibility. I've seen that there are a few more that have come in over the last few weeks and months. So many, many thanks for that. And we're all very thrilled. And, you know, (laughs) we take screenshots and share it across our virtual teams and get very excited about it, basically. So, yeah, thanks in advance for those. Until next time, have a brilliant week. Bye.